Okay, good evening everyone. Welcome to our evening Dhamma. Tonight we're looking at Samavitaka. Which is usually translated as right thought. Uh, recently I heard someone say, oh no, right thought's probably not a good translation. And I almost changed it. I almost put something different, but I changed it back. Because it's simple. Right thought's easy to remember. It's not a mouthful like anything else. And thought is an interesting word. It's it's a a good word because of how 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 many uses we have for it. You know, we use thought when we say right thought. Immediately we think of a thought, right? I like turtles. That's a thought example. Uh, we have a, a thought arise, and we think, well, that's that's. Uh, what we mean by thought, but when you think of some, when you th what you think about something, we also use that for thought. I think Buddhism is good. I think meditation is great. That's a, a judgment we would say. Or I'm thinking about suicide. I'm thinking of killing myself. Well, it's not just a thought. It's an inclination. And it's the inclinations, I think, that we're most concerned with here. This monk was right that uh, right thought is a dangerous translation it's a problematic translation because we're certainly not talking about thoughts and it gives the idea that a thought itself can be wrong you know if you have thought if a thought arises in your mind I wonder what it would be like to kill myself or maybe the answer to life's problems is to kill myself a thought like that can arise or you imagine doing something terrible and you think about killing someone and just the thought arises it can arise without any inclination on your part to do it you can be horrified by the thought or just find it ridiculous that you would think such a thing and that's important because the thoughts themselves are not a problem and that's important to get across meditators often feel very guilty about their thoughts you think of something and you think, ah, oh, that, that, that's so wrong to think that. I shouldn't think that as a meditator. That's not the problem. What we're really concerned with here is your inclinations. Are you inclined to kill yourself? Are you inclined to kill someone else? If so, there's a problem. Are you inclined to think of these things as problems? Well, that's a problem as well. It's uh, our judgments and our reactions, really. So this is what we talk about, samavitaka, is, is being free from these. Having the opposite kinds, having good kinds of inclinations, inclining to met towards meditation, inclining towards being kind to others, uh, 
good inclinations. Yeah, in good inclin good thought is right thought is the other uh, member of the wisdom faculty, the wisdom uh, group of the Eightfold Noble Path. So we have right view, and then right thought. That's important to understand the distinction. Right view. View is what you believe. You know, I believe this is right. I believe this is wrong. I should kill myself. I should kill that person. It's right to do. Killing is good. Stealing is good. Getting angry, that's a good thing. Right? This is all wrong view. Right view is when you say, when you know, oh, anger, that's not useful. It's a cause for suffering. Desire, that's also not useful. That's your view when you know these when you know these things to be true. It's actually a lot easier. I mean, it's very difficult even to come to that view. That's um, something we should all be quite happy about and confident about the fact that we're in a state where we think meditation is good, right? We have this this view that meditation is beneficial and that getting caught up in the world is problematic but it's much more difficult and it's a whole other it's a whole other thing to give up the inclination for those things right you can know that a drug addict knows that the drugs are really really a bad a bad idea but it doesn't mean they don't do drugs they're all the time doing them all the time that they're doing them they know that this is wrong this is a problem but they still do the drugs it's because they don't have right right thought yet they have right view but they don't have the right inclination and that's what we work on in meditation really it's where our meditation uh, practice takes place along the way right view comes up and right view cuts off the inclination so when you're first meditating, you don't have either, but you work on the right inclination. You incline yourself to understand things. You incline yourself towards meditation. You say, okay, well, I'll try this. Maybe it's a good thing. The right inclination. And so you work at it. You work at purifying your mind, stopping your reactions. You work at being objective towards things. And after you do that, Eventually, right view arises with the realization of nibbana. Right view arises. You say, "Yes, yes, these things are good, and yes, those things are are bad." And that right view supports your right intention. But then you have to work. You know, you have to work on the right intention again, and only this time now you know that it's wrong. But even someone who knows, someone who has seen nibbana still gets greedy, still gets angry, still has wrong inclination, potentially, until they, uh, until they work it out completely. The Buddha likened it to someone who is wearing white, clean white clothes and uh, perfumed and, and you know, really concerned about cleanliness. Uh, but then they're walking down this this uh, path, 
and an elephant, suddenly they see a bull elephant charging at them. And they look off to the side of the path and there's a cesspool. Um, uh, cesspools are where you know, there's, there's feces and urine and lots of lots of gross things. And they jump into the cesspool to avoid the charging elephant. This, the Buddha likened this, this sort of thing. A sotapanna knows that, that it's wrong, knows that these things are wrong. But in order to get away from the kilesa, you know, the anger is overwhelming, the fear is overwhelming, the greed is overwhelming, the desire, the lust, they do it. But once they do it, they feel awful. <laughs> they feel dirty, they feel disgusted. They'll never say to themselves, that was a good idea. Well, it's, it, it breaks down there because the person who jumped in the cesspool probably it was a good idea to avoid the elephant. But uh, I suppose you could go further and say it's like they knew that the right thing to do would be to somehow tame the elephant, right? So, but they weren't strong enough to tame that elephant. So they jumped into the cesspool and it's, they know it wasn't a good thing, it wasn't pleasant. They're not happy about having jumped in the cesspit, cesspool. That's how it becomes as you practice. It's important to understand the orderliness of this. The first thing to, to go away is wrong view. In the beginning, it's wrong view. You, you, it goes away because you, you have faith. I believe in what the Buddha taught. And that gives you enough of confidence to cultivate right, right thought, right intention. Um, but once you hit the Aryamanga, you know, the noble path, wrong view is cut off. So never again will you think, you'll never doubt, is it right to get attached to things? Is it right to desire after anything in the world? You won't have that thought. Or you won't have that view. But you'll still desire those things. You'll still get angry, and these things will still come up, but you'll feel awful afterwards. You'll, you'll see. You'll the Buddha mentions three types of of samavitaka. I'm sorry, I'm samavitaka. I'm, I'm I'm using the wrong translation. Samasankapa. I'm I'm mixing up my translations here. The Pali word is not vitaka. It's it's the same thing, but uh, sankapa. Sankapa is the samaditi samasankapa. See what a teacher I am. Uh, samasankapa means the same thing, right thought. So the three kinds of right thought are nikama sankapa. They're also called vidaka somewhere else. Nikama sankapa, abhyapada sankapa, and avihingsa sankapa. Nekama is the inclination to renounce, to give up, the inclination to let go. Abhyapada Sankapa is uh, the inclination to not get angry, the inclination not to hate people or hate things. And avihingsa sankapa is the inclination 
not to be cruel and I, I'm I'm still not clear exactly the difference between Apiapada and, and Avihingsa, but it's clear with the or or Bayapada and Mihingsa, but um Abhyapada has to, it means metta. And the commentary says that not hating people, not being angry towards people is is, is having love. It's the opposite of hate. And uh Non-cruelty is karuna, is compassion So I was trying to think how that differs uh, How it would differ to be angry at someone And to be cruel towards someone And I think there are cases where it's Sometimes you just have disdain or, or lack of compassion for someone You don't hate them But you don't care that they're suffering, right? It doesn't bother you, it doesn't concern you It doesn't move you to stop what you're doing so that's um, that's vihingsa. You do something that is cruel, uh, which is which is distorted, right? Because we have this inclination not to suffer. We wouldn't ever want someone to. Uh, it sounds cliche, but we wouldn't ever want someone to do that to us. Uh, and and it sounds like well, that's just a nice philosophy, but it actually. It makes sense, you know. You're not inclined towards these states for yourself. It's not something that you think of. Hey, that's a good idea. Let's hurt our. Let's be hurt. Let's let's suffer. The idea of it is repulsive towards you. But so to have that on the one hand and on the other hand, to be perfectly fine with it happening to someone else, there's a disconnect there. It doesn't. It may not seem like it. It seems like a natural thing. Well, of course, dog eat dog. Everyone for themselves. But the interesting thing is, is when you meditate, and and meditation isn't on these things. Meditate means when you're mindful, when you learn how to see just ordinary experience as it is. A remarkable thing happens. You are inclined. It it balances out. It it comes into focus. And you, you you lose this this selfishness, which is it's not real. It's not a natural state. It's not the ultimate balanced state to be only concerned about yourself. A person who is objective has no cruelty. They see their own suffering and someone else's suffering really has the same thing. They're not inclined towards either, and they're inclined to. You know, Inclined to be compassionate, and the same with, with loving. They're, they're inclined, inclined to be loving. They're not inclined to be angry towards others. They don't hate others. They don't hate themselves. So there's not a lot to say. This is. I mean, it's an important teaching. But it's quite simple. It's important to understand this distinction: right thought and right view. Samaditi samasankapa. Uh, right view is our beliefs Right thought is actually our In practice What we what we incline towards But they're related of course um, As I said Our right inclination leads to right view Right view leads of course to, to right inclination They work together So this together is the wisdom This is a person who has these two Is considered to be wise This is the wisdom Quite simple no? The wisdom 
the portion of the Eightfold Noble Path. So, questions. Practicing formal meditation as one of the first things you do in the morning be better than waiting until after breakfast or other walk, waking activities. Well, it's the kind of thing you should be doing during your um, waking activities, ideally. Um, I mean, I can see where you're going with that. I don't like to answer such questions because life is not something you can organize. Uh, it shouldn't be. It should be something that is um, well you have to learn about all aspects of life and so if I said this is good you know you, you wouldn't want to neglect that so meditate when you can if it's if it's not seems natural to meditate before you eat or before you eat is that what you're saying yeah, before you do things anything in the morning then great it feels natural to do those things one thing I could say is the commentary does make mention of the fact that for monks most especially or probably mainly for monks uh, it's better to eat before you meditate because uh, so they'd have some rice gruel in the morning because it um, it calms your body down and it gives you some strength and it actually makes it easier to meditate I don't. I don't think that's something to rely upon. The commentary often says these things, uh, and it, it, it it's easy to understand. But it's a good example. You know, it, it can be easier after you you eat, and that's a good thing. But what about before you eat and when it's difficult? Are you going to ignore the the difficult states? Are you going to only be inclined towards the good ones? So that's what I mean by, if I answer one way, then then you neglect the other way. So. Um, it's best to be natural about it and to be in tune with your rhythm and to see where you have problems that need to be worked out and, and slowly adjust them. Don't just work towards that which is easy or convenient. I mean, so so the point of better and worse not really not really that valid. You want to eventually be mindful all the time. That's the goal. Okay, no name is asking lots of questions, but it appears that this person is practicing a different school of meditation. So I'd stop you there and suggest that you read my book on how to meditate. And um, I think I'm only inclined to answer meditation questions about our tradition. Because... And, and you're asking questions whether I've experienced such things And I'm not really interested in answering questions about my own practice um, But uh, if you ask how should one deal with something Or what is the Buddha's advice about fear I'd invite you to read my booklet first Because I'm gonna, if I'm going to answer that I'm going to base it on what's in the booklet Base it on our tradition and that's, The answers are in there but I can elaborate on it if you like um, so yeah, the, the whole problem with fear I mean, I totally sympathize But um, my my advice to you Because you're coming to me for advice Is to read my booklet uh, It sounds self-serving and, and self-promoting self But I wrote it for a reason I mean, I didn't take it from my own teachings I copied everything from what I had learned So
it's not really my book it's what I believe is um, the answer to things like fear being mindful of the five aggregates I find experience leads to volition then thought, feeling and body would it be better to start with mindfulness of the body instead of experience in order to cut craving attachment well it's better to start with the body probably for a different reason I think you're maybe complicating things a little too much um, well the body is just gross gross in a sense it's coarse it's easy to to find right your mind is not easy to find it's like a dog chasing its tail sometimes but the body is fairly easy to find and the the, the old texts say to what extent the body becomes clear and you become clearly aware of the body to that extent the mind also becomes clear so simply focusing on the body you already start to you know you will as a result begin to uh, observe the mind and then you jump off from there focus on the mind if you start to think about something if you start to judge something if you start to feel something what kind of meditation is best to do in the morning mindfulness meditation it's the best meditation time to do anytime but you can also look up the talk I did on the four protective meditations I think it's called other types of meditation or something I've given some talks on that um, there are four types of meditation that are supportive of insight meditation maybe someday I'll do a talk on each one of those I think people would be very interested in those okay so that's all the questions for tonight thank you all for tuning in